This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand episode of The Wrap right here on the Fiking Media Network. Happy Monday to you all as we are a little over a week away until Money in the Bank going down live from the O2 Arena in London, England. I'm Keela Cash, and by my side, as always, is my co-captain, my right hand, the sometimes advocate for the rapidly improving Von Wagner, who works at part-time NXT main roster schedule when he can. I bring to you, as always, and I do believe he is saltier than usual for reasons, I bring to you back on the show, as always, Salty Scott Young. Welcome back, Salty. Thank you, Keela. As always, it's a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE. I'm in a great mood. Feel good. <laughs> you know, it's I just I I I have no idea what Keela's talking about. I I feel great, you know. I uh I think we're gonna have a great conversation. Um, you know, I was just catching up on some recapping some stuff from earlier this week, you know, I was getting ready for the show and, you know, just some things, just, just saw some things, you know, but I'm fine. Everything's fine. We're all good. Do not listen to him, dear listeners. Do not believe a word he said. Now, I promise you it will be a lively, fun conversation as usual, but Scott is lying because there's something on WWE programming this week that has absolutely irked him, that has made him saltier than usual, and we're going to dive in and have an on-air investigation as to what really set him off. There is something amidst our hot topics that has set Scott off, and we'll figure out what it is, and he will reveal it on this show sometime today if there is something you know maybe but there's probably not i 
I wouldn't bank on it, but if it if it comes if it comes up, you know, we'll talk about it. If it doesn't come up, that's fine too. It will come up. We're going to figure this out together. What exactly made Scott extra salty this week? Something went down. We will see. <laughs> That's, that's all I can give you. That's all I can say. We're going to figure this out. But let's start from the very beginning. Let's dive into the investigation via Monday Night Raw going down live on USA. And, you know, we had a conversation right here on The Wrap last Monday regarding something in terms of this matchup involving The Miz and Cody Rhodes. And for the last few weeks, we've had Lucha Miz Mizan and show up and show out in the best possible way, having surprisingly good matches against Ricochet. And here he is against the American Nightmare, Cody Rose. Would he fare a similar fate? Would he over-deliver? Would he actually produce a really good match against Cody Rhodes? The answer is, it was all right. It was better than what they did last year, which was absolutely bad. This was a step up. It was good for the most part. We had Miz on offense for the most part. And Cody at this point, I don't know why he's selling the vibranium arm brace when he's not even selling the pain of the arm injury anymore. Like at this point, let's hit the cast off, get your arm back at hundred percent. We're good to go. But he did what he needed to do. He was able to avoid the skull crushing finale, land the Cody cutter and the crossroads on coat on the Miz to pick up the wind. So Scott, you know, we had somewhat reasonable expectations for this match dating back to last week. And it was just solid. Before I get to the match and whatnot, I do you know you bring up a good point about WWE and baby faces, baby faces having these uh, indestructible weapons, armor, uh, Cody Rhodes, the vibranium, uh, I, you know, vibranium. Does he? Did he? Did he get the vibranium? Who did he get that from? What connects does he have to still be in Wakanda <laughs> right now since he didn't win the title? You know, that title was key to keeping that uh, that gate open to Wakanda for him. But that's a whole nother topic we'll get to later. Uh, Juneteenth is on the way. Um, <laughs> listen, uh, as far as far as the other armor, you know, you got Roman Reigns who was walking around with a freaking bulletproof vest for years. So people were wondering why he was indestructible. Well, every time you hit him in the stomach, you were breaking your hand and whatnot. So, you know. I don't know what uh, what WWE's obsession with these armors and whatnot, but uh, as far as the match goes, the Miz was fine. The match was fine. I blame Cody. Uh, we've seen what Ricochet can do. We've seen what Logan Paul can do. Um, I'm wondering what Cody's not bringing to the table that everybody else is, because uh, the Miz brought his game. You know, the Miz was there, and uh, I-, I think we've seen the key ingredient to the good matches. Miz has been there. As soon as Cody comes around, it's it's fine. It's a it's a fine Cody match. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm putting this one on Cody. No, you did not just try to throw shade to defend the honor of the Miz. Let's just call a thing a thing a spade a spade. The truth is, they might be really good friends in real life, but in terms of working together in the ring, it's kind of oil and water. It's just kind of sort of there, and that's okay. Everybody's not going to have good chemistry with everybody in the ring. We can forgive that, but how dare you try to slander Cody Rhodes and try to invoke the names of Ricochet and Logan Paul, which is true, by the way, but it just happens to be that The Miz has good chemistry with certain people, and Cody, unfortunately, is not one of those people, and that's 
fine, but don't be a hater, Scott. Just a prop up Lucha Miz who decided to stay at home this week. Yeah, he uh, he must have uh, tested it out before the show and slipped and was like, yep, won't be doing any of these, uh, any dives or anything like that tonight. And uh, yeah, they they just they don't have that type of chemistry. At least it was better than last year's because those were absolute abominations that I couldn't defend. So we'll take the step up. The match was fine. It advanced the story. Um, looking forward to Cody versus Dom. That's uh, I th- I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Doesn't even have to. You don't have to do a bunch of moves because that crowd is going to make everything just seem incredible. The nuclear heat that Dominic Mysterio is going to get the O2 Arena in London in a couple of weeks is going to be deafening. He's going to be probably the most hated guy in that building, not named Roman Reigns, and I'm here for that. And Cody is going to, you know, really carry him to a solid match. It's not going to be some kind of four-star classic. It's going to be a solid three-star match. Going to be heel heavy for Dominic and Rhea out there causing trouble. And my Brandy Rose prediction still remains strong in the next couple of weeks because there's no obvious opponent for Rhea Ripley for this next PLE. They're probably saving it for SummerSlam. But if you need a corner person to back up Cody, Brandy's the one for the job, even though Scott doesn't want to see it, but I do. Yeah, I'm good. (laughs) Um, I I, I think I'm, I think I'm straight on that. And uh, I mean, I, I, I speak of Juneteenth, what better day for her to show up on Monday Night Raw, right? Oh I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> Listen, um, the, the, Cody is owed some reparations from WrestleMania, so he's like, just let my wife show up on TV, you know? At least we can start there. I don't know. I hope not. I certainly hope not. If she actually shows up on Juneteenth. <laughs> That's something they would do, though. Like, right? <laughs> I will fall out of my chair if she shows up on Monday because it is Juneteenth. And if it actually takes place, I will immediately tweet you and say, Scott, you are a prophet. Look what you manifested, even though you didn't want any of this. But look what happened anyway. She showed up on Juneteenth. Blessed be. And listen, if she shows up, I got to root for her. I can't. Yes. Not, I cannot root for her on Monday of all. Like on Juneteenth of all days. Like, like sorry, Rhea. Sorry, Dom. Like, <laughs> I'm as soon as she walks out, I'm gonna be saying it. Where now? Who told you Rhea it was open mic night, mommy? You know, like, oh my god. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I, listen. I don't want it to happen. But if the car crash is going to happen, I am going to be glued to the TV. We need it. So, Brandy, show up on Juneteenth, okay? I need this. We need this. Scott's in denial. Deep down, he wants this because it will be the perfect debut on the perfect holiday, and I am here for it. Listen, if it was Vince McMahon, you could do it because he wouldn't even know what Juneteenth is. He'd be like, sure. All right, cool. You think it'll it'll draw viewers? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. What's, What's Juneteenth? What's, what's going on on Juneteenth? Oh, my God. Vince would actually ask, what is this Juneteenth you speak of? June, Juneteenth? What are you talking about? I didn't do anything in June. You mean May 2nd? That's Kane's movie. That's May 19th, sir. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's what I mean. Oh. Are we talking about The Condemned or that's The Marine I mean. 17? Which one is it? The Chaperone? 
mm. memories running through the classics of WWE films. But yeah, I am looking forward to Monday now, Juneteenth. It's going to be quite the holiday if Brandy shows up on that night to confront mommy and cut the promo in all promos on Monday Night Raw. I am here for the mess. We are here for it despite Scott's denials of what he truly wants from the situation. And as we talk about promos, let's move on to a very heated segment going down this past Monday on Raw. So... We have Finn Balor, who is trying to get something off his chest that has been simmering in his soul for the last seven or so years. And he's out here to have a conversation with the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, Seth freaking Rollins. Now, Seth is very popular right now, but what's also popular is his theme song. So during the third hour of the show, which tends to be quiet sometimes, the fans decided, you know what? We're going to sing to Seth for this entire segment. And we're going to rattle and get under Finn's skin as he tries to elaborate what has been bothering him for the last seven years. So we go to the year 2016. The brand split has been instituted on Monday Night Raw. And Finn Balor defeats Roman Reigns to move to the finals of this tournament to crown the inaugural WWE Universal Champion. And on the other side of that bracket is one Seth Rollins. They have this match at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. And it's two guys that have repped the black and gold of NXT during the early years. And they're in the semi-main event spot fighting over this coveted red kryptonite belt that got joned by the people in Brooklyn. I'll never forget it. Poor Mick Foley was like, what the hell is going on here? Well, here we are. It's a template belt. It's red. It's nothing extraordinary. And the fans were hung up on that belt for the first half of the match. It was a really good match once the fans got out of their own way. But unfortunately, we had... Finn Balor, midway through this match, tear up his shoulder, the labrium, the peck, all of it ripped off the bone in a buckle bomb to the barricade spot that went horribly wrong. So from this day forward, Finn, who won the championship, by the way, on one arm, had to relinquish the title the next night in the very same building. And he has harbored resentment to Seth Rollins for taking away his momentum, taking away his championship, taking away seven years of his life. And he's ready to collect on that debt by taking Seth's world heavyweight championship. And the fans are singing the entire time. And Seth is smiling. He's trying to calm them down. They still keep singing. But eventually he gets on the mic to let Finn know that in those last seven years, our careers took two different paths. I got better. You got bitter. I've made memories, moments. I've created history here. I'm wearing history around my waist right now, and I will continue to do so. You, meanwhile, have been mm, so-so here and there, everywhere, not really living up to your true potential and living in the past. But if you want to crack at this championship, by all means, have at it. Your wish is granted. But I want the Finn Balor that spoke up tonight, that expressed himself, not this sad excuse of a guy that's been hanging around the last seven years, not this little bitch that's been complaining about everything that he hasn't gotten. I want the Finn Balor that can beat me for the championship like he did seven years ago. And I thought the body of the promo was good, but the singing, I have to say, it was a lot. On one hand, 
if you're over, you're over. But at the same time, I hope this has not become a trend when the fans just simply drown out promos on WWE television. That can get annoying fast. And this could easily become the new what chant for the 2023, Scott. Yeah, somebody's going to have to come along and just uh, <clears throat> really cut them off and cut them at the knees. And all you have to do is just come at them while they're cutting the promo and you have to just be in your zone and use that. But uh, yeah, you could tell it's definitely getting the people. Seth is just living in the moment, but this is be, this is something that they've created. Like they've, they've cut to commercial breaks and he's been standing out there the whole commercial break. So this is what fans are going to do. And let me tell you, if Seth comes across somebody that people don't want to see, they're going to just drown him out. Whoever it is, they're going to drown them out. So Seth is that Seth is their top babyface right now. Roman is their top guy. Seth is their top babyface. And I think whenever they do come face to face in the ring, that'll be a very interesting uh, dynamic, very interesting energy. The promo was fine, but I'm tired of people asking for this real Finn Balor who keeps losing. Like, isn't this what Edge asked for? He asked for the the demon, the, the you know the big bad demon, and it was cool, but he lost. And I'm pretty sure whoever Finn was feuding with before that was like, I want that Finn Balor, and he lost. So he's gonna Seth Rollins wants the same thing, and he's gonna lose. Well, which when are we gonna get the Finn Balor who pulls out that old Finn that wins? Like, you can't keep saying this if Finn's not gonna get a big win, and he's not gonna beat Seth for the title. So. You know, again, like kind of like what you said, the promo was fine, but you this is the same drum that you play with Edge, and Finn's not even coming off winning winning a bunch of matches. At least when he went with Edge for that for the blow off for that few, they were winning matches, and they even lost the mix. Like they're not doing Finn any justice to get this title match, except play off the history. But you you knew you were going to do that, so why not just have this man winning matches? It just Stuff like that just doesn't make sense. Here's the issue. Let's go back in time about almost a month ago. So there was a tournament for this very championship and Finn faced Seth and he lost. Now, if you had a plan to run the match back or do the match at Money in the Bank, why did you have Finn in this tournament to begin with because it makes wins and losses mean absolutely nothing. If you knew you were going to run this match in London, why not save it for London? Why give away the finish on TV a month ago? Because as you said, it dilutes this match at the PLE because we've seen it. He's going to lose. He's been losing. So what's the point? Or or at least make it the final. So, you know, then, all right, you know, and, and, and Seth comes away with this. Like, all right, they had a great match. We can. I'm okay with running that back. That makes sense. They got to the final. That was a tough match. He squeaked one out. Now Finn's going to have all of Judgment Day with him. That's a whole different ballgame. So now you can add different elements, different dynamics to it. Finn just came off winning matches in the tournament. It's real easy. You know, you don't, you don't have to do a lot. You don't even have to put a lot of thought into it. You don't have to put a lot of effort into it. This is just me and you just free balling, you know? We just spitting off the top of the dome. And so I, you know, they, they, you can tell there's just not a lot of thought put into what's going on as much as they're like Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins playing off of their history would be cool for London. Like that that's all that is. But it means nothing. 
because we saw the man lose and it piggybacks off of Damian Priest losing last week when he lost two weeks ago. Like make the booking make sense in terms of you trying to build somebody up. Don't have them lose, have them. I don't know when protect them. And then when it's time to have these matches, when they lose, it will actually mean something. But right now when Finn loses again, it will mean nothing except to maybe facilitate Damian Priest leaving Judgment Day, which is actually a good storyline that continued this past Monday on Raw with the added threat of J.D. McDonough talking to Finn backstage and Damian Priest telling Finn that I told you last week, it's out of my business and you have something to prove at Money in the Bank against Seth. If you don't, then we got some more things to talk about. And then Finn was asking Damian, well, if you win Mr. Money in the Bank, would you cash in on me? And he said, of course not. So there is tension there, which is good. But my God, can you protect these men at some point in terms of wins and losses, even though Damian Priest bounced back by beating Matt Riddle this past Monday on Raw to get to Money in the Bank? Yeah, that's uh, that's all you got to do. Make make the matches mean something on, on Raw. Uh, I like the direction they're taking with Damian Priest. So uh, we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks there. But at least the match we know would be good between Finn and Seth. Yes. I won't care emotionally, but it would be very good because they've bit the emotion out of me via the booking of Finn as of late, who I love, by the way, but come on. I can only rub the fins for so much. I can only wave my purple bandana to a point. Been testing me as of late, and I don't like it at all, but here we are. Let's get ready for this match nonetheless at Money in the Bank in a week's time as we move on to our main event of Monday Night Raw that was spur of the moment in terms of this becoming an undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship match involving the champions Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus the Intercontinental Champion Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci still out of commission due to being beat up backstage by Matt Riddle the week before and this was a really exciting main event the tag team match was awesome just great action from all four guys and the near falls and the counters and the reversals and the fight back by both teams was great. Riddle would come out at one point trying to get in Gunther's business and I would lead to and I can't believe the match ended this way. I'm, I'm kind of shook that one Sami Zayn pinned my guy Ludwig Kaiser with the Blue Thunder Bomb. When was the last time that has happened in a WWE match, Scott? Please explain how, when, where, how. I'm going to tell you, I absolutely love this. And I think this is what needs to happen more often, especially on TV. Like, you know, I, I understand you want to get over the finisher, get over the big moment to it. But there is something about letting guys get victories with their secondary moves like that. Like, it it makes the big matches mean something. I talk about it all the time whenever Seth Rollins wins with the pedigree. Like, now that means something, <clears throat> excuse me, when he has a big match and he hits that. Same thing now with Sami Zayn with his blue thunderbomb. So this is something that I hope happens more often. And I think that's why Gunther, his matches are so effective. On TV, on PLEs, we've seen him in the match at least six different ways. And so that means at any point in time during his match, it could be over. So there adds something to that. And I, so I absolutely love the fact that he won the match with something other than the hell of a kick. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. 
specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I love that too. It was different. It put over his finisher in a way that said, hey, the blue thunder bomb can finish guys too. And I love that. It's It was a surprising finish that I did not expect, but I enjoyed it because let's get the secondary finisher over. Like Seth's pedigree. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have to hit the curb stomp all the time. Kevin has a stunner and the pop-up power bomb. There's options for him to pin him. Even Gunther has various finishers that can take out somebody instead of relying mainly on the power bomb or a submission attempt or a chop to the chest. Like this guy has a number of ways to beat you. So for Sammy to use the blue thunder bomb, I was very happy that he got the victory in that way. It was a surprising finish that I totally loved. And I hope he uses it again and again and again to make sure that there is some variation in terms of how these matches end. Because I go back to one of my pet peeves in wrestling today, that the Canadian destroyer, which is awesome, but it gets kicked out of all the time. And I hate that. Well, there was a point in time where Shawn Michaels was the only person doing super kicks. And now, and that like, you know, a sit in a super kick was such a big deal. Like I remember when John Morrison did it in a tag match they had on Raw. And it was like, oh my God, John Morrison did a super kick. How disrespectful it is to DX. And now it's like, you're going to see a super kick in every match, in every promotion, no matter where it is. So It's just, it's the times, man. Everybody does everything. Super kick parties for everyone across every promotion. That's how it is today. I'm just glad there are some subtlety regarding some finishes in WWE that mean something. Whether it doesn't have to be a halluva kick or a stunner sometimes, a blue thunder bomb is just enough. And I was very happy about that. Despite my guy Ludwig eating the pin, but hey. The right team won at the end of the night. And this is also going to lead to, I presume, Gunther versus Matt Riddle for the Intercontinental Championship, possibly at Money in the Bank. And that could be an outstanding match. Yeah. And, and speaking of Gunther, the ways that he has ended a match, uh, just off the top of my head, you mentioned the chop. Uh, you mentioned the power bomb. He does have the submission, which is that headlock. He's also ended it with the frog splash. Uh, he's ended it with a lariat. I said six, so I need one more, and I'm pretty sure he has ended it with one more. Uh, is there one that I'm missing, Keela? There is a slam. I think it's, it's the last symphony, I think. Yes, that is correct. That's number six. Dude got six finishers. Look at that. And that's legit. Like, that's yes. all legit, all on either TV or PLE, where he has ended a match, and that means he's beating names with one of those moves. That is badass and that gives him so much variety to kick someone's ass and in a match in a number of ways, six ways. In fact, I love that for Gunther, great IC champion, fantastic run so far. And I just want to remark on the swag post-marriage. The swag is just 
different. I don't know what it is about merit life, but the swag is marinating beautifully. There's a walk, there's a stance, there's the way he carries himself like a bigger star than usual. And I swear it's because of Jenny. Bless her. He almost looks like he's trying to hold back, just letting out the biggest smile in the world. Like he's like so happy, but he's like, I, I have to be a badass. Like, let me, let me, let me get tough, but I'm so happy right now. Like life is so great. I, I am on top of the world, but he's like, let me not show everyone that. Let me act like I'm grumpy. Let me be grumpy Gunther. Let me be grumpy Gunther. It's like, but, but, but you're right though. There is. There is an extra pep in his step. Um, you could tell he he's just enjoying life, man. There is a there is a joy in his face that you could just. Uh, I, I genuinely believe he's whenever the camera's off, that guy is just beaming everywhere. I believe so too. Even his Twitter pictures as of late, like he's posed with a cigar, he's flexing, he is smiling in the pictures. But like that's him, like being very happy, and I can tell, like that swag is just extra. He can't smile because he's got to be mean mugging and a badass. But he is just in the pocket right now, and I love that for him. And he just carries himself like an absolute star. And this run has been great and the title defenses have been wonderful. And I expect him to riddle, to tear it up at Money in the Bank at the PLE in a couple of weeks time. Yeah, riddle will be a nice challenge. It'll be a good win for Gunther. Yes, absolutely. As we segue to our favorite show, I lie every week, but let's talk about NXT. And we are about 27 minutes into this episode and Scott has not hit the salty limit yet. So I do wonder if something in NXT really grinded his gears. So I'm going to ask Scott, was there something specific on NXT that made you question life? So, you know, (laughs) not necessarily life, you know what I'm saying? But like, there were a couple of things that were making me question what I'm doing with my life. Um, you know, cause like, you know, let's, let's talk about one of my absolute thing, favorite things that they have. They've introduced, uh, they've been doing recently. They've been showcasing recently the heritage cup. Um, Noam Dar, I think he's a fantastic champion. I think Nathan Frazier is fantastic. Uh, we got, we got aura who, uh, was subbing in, for the quote-unquote injured uh, Noam Dar. And apparently Noam Dar just makes the rules and decided that, you know, he could sub in. And we have the match, and he loses the title for the champion. So that just that just put me in a bad mood. So, I, you know, I'm already in a bad mood. But that wasn't really what sent me over the top. Here's what sent me over the top. When they decided to have Big Boy take on Andre 3000 in a match... And then they decided to send out Brooks and Dunn. <laughs> okay. All right. Fo- followed by followed by Bubba Sparks and his bodyguard. And so then I'm out. Then I'm so I'm wondering, like, yo, are what? Are we serious right now? So now all of a sudden Booker T wants to come out and he's like, all right, everybody, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a, a fight night. We're gonna have a, a triple threat. And he does his thing. He's like, let's get it on. I'm like, when did you add that to your catchphrase? He says his catchphrase and he says something else at the end. So, you know, it, it didn't, it didn't make me just, it just like made me question like, what's going Like, why, why is that on gold rush? And why is gold rush two weeks? 
why why are we rushing for gold for two weeks why can't we like like what are you doing sean i i it's so there's so much stuff going on on this show that's just completely unnecessary like why can't you just have gold rush in two weeks and just have a regular show next week and just if you want to have this why don't you just have this triple threat on the show next week i i i don't know man like i i started like thinking about stuff and like trying to like put logic behind some of the things they were doing and i i just none of it none of it makes sense like dragon off just came out and people were holding him back and then he just left and that was just it when Braun Breaker, like, like, I, I, I just, I don't know what's going on with the show, and I think it just pissed me off for a minute, and I, but I'm good, you know, but I, I don't know, man, I just feel like this whole show is just, it's just got, it's, it's weird, man, it's just a weird thing because I bet you Gold Rush would probably be pretty good. I knew it was NXT. That was the root cause of your saltiness because you tried to play it off. And you came here on this air and you dropped the following because I have to run it back. First, Andre 3000 and Big Boy. (laughs) I'm trying to figure out which is which, who is who in that situation because I'm confused. Um, then we got Brooks and Dunn, which we have joked about many times on this show, but it is the year 2023 and you dusted off the memory mm-hmm. of Bubba Sparks. Booty, 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 rocking everywhere. I cannot with you <laughs> up in here. I'm not going to do the rest of the song, but you really compare my guy Tank Ledger <laughs> Bubba <laughs> Sparks really of all people oh god that's just that's the first... my homie listen he cool but when he when I saw him walk out I was like yo why is Bubba Sparks coming out here to watch this match <laughs> that's literally what I said out loud <laughs> I was like I, let me make sure I say that on the show <laughs> <laughs> you you know I be forgetting to say good stuff. You, me and you talk about it all the time. We say the best stuff off air, so I was like, nah, I'm keeping Bubba. And then you shaded my dude Hank, and you said that's his security card. And then you trying to play into his his work job and security. <laughs> you wrong. You wrong, man. I'm just saying. Yeah, he listen. That's an upgrade. Personal security guard for Bubba Sparks over just being a, a security guard who's just there at, at NXT. That's an upgrade. That's a come up. My man ain't no Bubba Sparks. <laughs> He's not Bubba Sparks. <sighs> hey, so that I'm gonna is- be honest with you. While we're you know real quick, mm-hmm. I don't think I know another Bubba Sparks song. There is what he did. Name it. When he when he um sampled Missy's Get Your Freak On. All right. If I believe you. Yeah, like the title is slipping my mind right now. I kind of dropped the light, like up in here, up in here, like you know that. 
part of the, the um, chorus, but yeah, that's what he sampled because Timbaland did the track. Oh, nah. I only Over know 20 Miss, years ago. I only know Miss New Booty. Oh my God. You call that man Bubba Sparks. I am so... I'm, I don't know what to do after that, but let's get into the problem besides this triple threat match. But no, let's talk about Booker T and his let's get it on. Not even can you dig it, sucker. Let's get it on. So... <laughs> What in the celebrity death match was that? Secondly, now all of a sudden he he gets the call. He's getting calls to make these calls. Why can't he just be the GM then? Like, why can't he just be in charge of the brand? Why? I get it. HBK's there. Wait, where is he at? He can't show up. He can't come from out the back. He can't come from out gorilla. Let He's me tweeting. Guess. You. He's tweeting from Dijak's office. Oh, my God. He's a busy man, you see. Yeah, I guess so. Listen, he's living his 90s fantasy. He whispered in Booker's ear, hey, Book, I need you to announce this match. I'm busy right now in Dijak's office. Can you announce this triple threat match for reasons for a go rush show that feels very rushed right now? Can you do that for me, please? Booker says, sure. Let me get on this microphone and hype up this triple threat match. And all the friends who were in these tag teams are fighting each other. And then we have Angel Garza and Alberto Correa on the balcony watching all of this, like, okay, all of this is very, very random. And in fact, Gold Rush is very, very random. So I'm guessing that Sean thought back to the all-time classic Gold Rush tournament way back in, what, 2004-ish or 5-ish that was done by Eric Bischoff. And Sean says, fuck that. Let's do a tournament. No, let's do matches in two weeks. Uh, that Gold Rush tournament you speak of has one of my all-time favorite matches, which was Shawn Michaels versus Shelton Benjamin. I can he- still hear Jr. and uh, his excitement when Shelton Benjamin is in the ring, and you know it was all random at the time. Shelton Benjamin is in the ring, and like, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? And Shawn Michaels' music hit, and I remember watching live, and Jr. is like, "Yeah, yeah, this is going to be awesome," and. I don't know if that was genuine or not, but I remember getting so amped because JR didn't really get amped like that, but he was fired up. And that's one of my favorite matches. So, um, Keela, how dare you uh, try to say that HBK used that? Because let me tell you, he better not have. That better not be the influence behind any of this <laughs> because that's a classic and that's legendary. So I hope you're wrong. I really hope you're wrong. You're probably not, but I really exactly. hope you're wrong. <laughs> Exactly, because you know that Sean remembers the past. Probably not. And he and Shelton relive that match from nearly 20 years ago. And he says, hmm, Gold Rush. I like the sound of that. Let's add that to NXT while reliving his greatest hits while sober. Yeah, well, let me ask. So my thing is, why why does he have to do the, the bickering teammates with three sets of teams all in one match? Like... What are we doing, man? Like, oh, well, they've been through it. Well, they've been through it too. Well, they all went through it, and they're so like, I, so they just fought each other, and now they're straight. Like, we just watched Jackoff Jensen and Briggs have this whole love affair thing that backfired, and I guess they're just okay with everything. Like, come on, man, just just make it make sense. At least there was a couple good matches on the show. 
It was. And it was the opening match. It was Wesley, the North America champion, the greatest North America champion ever. I want to say that for the record, alongside Mustafa Ali and Tyler Bate versus the Schism. And that was a very exciting six-man tag team match. Love the action throughout. I was riveted by everybody's work in this match. Shout out to Rip Fowler and Jagger Reed because every single week, like this is like their punishment. Like you want to go? No, you're going to work every single week, but they don't phone it in. They give it their all. And I truly respect them for that. And the babyface team wins, which is very good. But I don't trust Mustafa Ali to save my life because he says, you know what, guys, we need a clear decisive definitive winner so when you guys go head to head on tv for the gold rush for that north america championship i want to be the special guest referee and i thought to myself what kind of fuckery mustafa ali is about to do who's he's going to screw over yeah he's uh i think he's gonna screw over uh wesley i think wesley will defeat tyler Bate. they've been building to that match we'll probably see some I think we could potentially, I know this sounds crazy, and and again, we're talking about NXT, so nothing's off the table. We could potentially see a double turn in that by at the end of that match. And when I say that, we could see Tyler Bate turn on Wesley and attack him and beat him down after losing the match. And then we could see Mustafa Ali turn on Wesley and attack him and beat him down after he helps him up from getting beat down from Tyler Bate. I would not be surprised to see both of those things happen at the end of the match. It would not shock me either. I feel like Wesley is going to be up against it against two guys very soon. If that happens, it's going to be a fantastic match for the North American Championship against Ali and Tyler Bate. It's been simmering for a while. I trust no one besides Wesley at this point. When somebody volunteers to make sure the match is fair and square, I don't trust it. But I do expect Bate and Wesley to deliver a very compelling match for the North American title during Gold Rush, which I believe that match is taking place next week, this upcoming Tuesday. So I'm looking forward to that. And also official going down this Tuesday on USA. And it's going to be a big test to see how much of a draw Seth Rollins is. He will return home for the first time in 11 years. He will return to the PC he will return home to NXT and he will face Braun Breaker for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Braun Breaker has an opportunity in maybe consecutive weeks to have potentially the match of his career against Seth Rollins and Ilya Dragunov. This is back-to-back potential bangers for Breaker. And I can assure you that place on Tuesday, they're going to serenade, they're going to sing and hum and love Seth Rollins. The roof might leave the building, Scott, when it's all said and done. That will be a moment. And I really want to see Wednesday's ratings because Seth being on NXT, that's going to be a real test for his star power on a different show that kind of needs a lift. But in all reality, the show is top 10 on cable for the last four weeks so he could boost that thing up to possibly a top three show when it's all said and done. Yeah. I mean, let's, it's not, it's not winning any wars. Let's not go crazy, but it's absolutely still one of USA's best original TV shows every week. I mean, you're guaranteed, you know what you're getting and you're going to get NXT is going to put, produce a better rating than anything else they got right now. So yeah, I, you know, NXT has nothing to worry about, but this is a nice test for Seth Rollins. If they get a nice jump, that says a lot about Rollins. Um, 
I think this is more so the biggest test for Braun Breaker that he's going to have. He needs to have a great match. It can't just be a good match. Like Seth Rollins isn't just having good matches. He's having great matches. Like all, I mean, he's got the energy. He's got the crowd. He's got everything working for him. So Braun Breaker has everything he needs to have a great match. He's a heel. He's got a great baby face. The crowd will be hot. You know, I I think this is he should have the best match of his career. I I know that's that's a crazy thing to say. That's high praise. That's high pressure. But that's that's the type of pressure you get when you have a world heavyweight title match. You know, you have the world champion coming to your turf, giving you a title match, and you're the guy. He's still the guy there. I know Melo is is the champ, but Braun is the guy there. Brian, you know, nobody would be surprised if Braun beat Melo on any random episode of NXT or on a PLE. They might not be happy about it, but nobody would be surprised. Braun is the guy there. So this is this for me is a big test. He's got to have a great match, and I think he will. I think he's going to step up to the plate, and man, oh, man, I hope Seth Rollins just stands there and soaks in some of those cheers or that song, and Braun just spears him out of his boots to start the match, and they go to a commercial break. I think that would be a perfect way to start, and Braun is just fired up screaming at him. That would be awesome. No lie. I would love to see that. And that would be the perfect way to go to commercial break. Let them sing that man to the ring, hum his song, harmonize, and then Braun Spears' his ass. Let's go to break, come back, reset. That would be awesome to see. And as you said, this is going to be the biggest test of Braun Breaker's career so far. And as I said before, this is back-to-back bangers, potentially, with Rollins and Dragunov. And these guys don't play in the ring. Rollins, he's otherworldly when he wants to be. And if he's going to come down to NXT, come back home, he's going to try to pull something from Braun Breaker that we have not seen before. And I want to see that, too, because I haven't seen that from Breaker in a while. And I want him to be able to stand toe-to-toe with one of the very best and say when it's time to move on up, we can see that you've passed that litmus test to see what you can really do against some of the greats in WWE today. And, you know, one of your uh, concerns when it comes to Braun Breaker, and it's valid at this point, um, you know, the British, the strong style, that, that British strong style that uh, the UK brings, uh, that uh, you don't have to worry about that with Seth Rollins because he, he doesn't have that style, but he's just as physical. And he's going to, and Braun's going to have to bring that physicality right back to Seth Rollins. Exactly. I want to see how they feed off each other. And if they can do that, I'm going to be all in on this match on Tuesday night. And speaking of Dragunov, one of my favorite people on NXT had a match against Baron Corbin in the main event spot. And I have to say, this is one of Baron Corbin's better matches. I'm just tripping on the ring gear right now. I don't love it at all. It's just low rent. Like, can we do something, Jesus? Like, I'm almost missing the medieval times fit he wore when he was the Raw General Manager. Like, this outfit is disgusting, Scott. I hate to say it, but it's hideous. I just think he needs to go back to the T-shirt. I didn't mind mm-hmm. the T-shirt and the shorts. You know, I. but, like, I don't... Not that, man. That's, that man. That's, that, that's who he is, though. Like... People for years were like, why is he wearing a shirt? So now he's taking his shirt off. You know, he's like, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I'm in my shorts. I'm just chilling. Just trying to have a match. You know, why can't they just have a workout? Just trying to have a match. But yeah, the ring gear, it's, it's a choice. It's a choice. I think uh, 
I think he could definitely go to the shirt like he had a couple weeks ago. He needs to go with the Pat McAfee look, the sleeveless mm-hmm. shirt, the shorts. I think that's a good look for Baron Corbin. He's an athlete. Like he's st- He still looks like an athlete in that get-up. I thought he looked good last week. Uh, or the week before it was when he was wearing that that get up. So yeah, I'm with you on that. He could he could use a little upgrade on the rink gear. Got this bootleg tap out outfit on. <laughs> By the way, when was the last time we saw a tap out commercial? I think WWE gave up on that, didn't they? Listen, that man said I'm in Orlando, Florida. Y'all think I y'all y'all think I was gonna wear my my good ring gear down here? Man, I got I have had these shorts for the last decade and a half. He sleeps in them. Yeah. You <laughs> said I forgot my gear and wore these. Guess it's my new gear now. It's like his lucky drawers. That's what it is. His lucky boxers. Silk at that. Silk boxers. I never would have thought that for Baron Corbin. <laughs> I would. I would. He a class. I can see him being a sophisticated man. <laughs> a sophisticated lone wolf, you say. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but um, the match itself, as we get off the fashion report of what the hell Baron was wearing on Tuesday, it was really good. The physicality was there. And Dragunov, let me tell you something. You going to bring it against him. And Baron Corbin brought it. He went after the back, the ribs of Dragunov, bought the pain as he should because Dragunov don't play. It was a very physical, bruising match, which I enjoyed very much. And then Breaker comes out there causing trouble, as I figured he would. And that allows Baron Corbin to the end of days on Dragunov for the win. And after the match is over, Dragunov and Braun break a fight to the back. There's no breakup this time, thankfully. And then we get Mello coming out to go after Baron Corbin. Now, granted, they're going to have a championship match in a couple of weeks for the NXT title. It should be fine. But Mello basically gave the way the finish with a springboard across body, followed by nothing but net, the guillotine leg drop off the top rope. And after I saw the finisher, why would I want to see the match now when we just saw how it's going to end in two weeks? I'm not so sure it doesn't like that, Keela. And I'm not so sure we don't have a new champion. I would not be surprised if Baron Corbin is the new champion. Take it back. I, I'm not. I, hey man, because I think I think Melo's time in NXT might be coming up, and I think Baron Corbin's about to run that place for a little bit. Take it back. Take it back, Scott. Take it back. Hey man, I'm I'm just saying. I I think Corbin. I, I'm. I'll go ahead and make the prediction now. Let's let's go ahead and make a couple of predictions. Well, I guess I got two weeks. They're not wrestling next week, right? It's two weeks. No, it's two weeks. Okay. Well, I'll I'll make the prediction next week. But yeah, I I would not. I'm. I think Corbin's winning the NXT title. Oh God. I might temporarily retire from this show. <laughs> he just had a really good match. Like, I I know it sounds crazy, but. I think Corbin would have a good run as champion. Like he would have good matches with a lot of good guys. He or he could have good matches with a lot of yeah, good guys. Yeah, yeah, rephrase that. He homie, we rephrase, rephrase that sentence. The Dragonoff match gives me hope. Cuz it's Dragonoff. Well, and well, and I I think he would he could have a good match against Tyler Bate. Mustafa Ali is down there now. Like 
these are all guys that I think he would have a good match with because he would have somebody that could just bounce around for him. Like he's a good base. He catches well, like all that's so I I think he would do very well if he was a, a dominant heel champion. And I think a a up and coming baby face or a baby face you just want to establish would get something from beating Baron Corbin. That is true. But I don't want any of this to happen. And now that you've said it, I'm afraid. And for that, I can't stand you. So that's okay. I'm, that's okay. This is this is for all that. Let me have Brandy show up talk. Oh hell. Yeah. So this is my <laughs> this punishment. Is, these are your reparations. Fuck. Juneteenth needs to come quick. Brandy, come home. Cause I need you to help me get through this. Cause Scott is trying to manifest something that I don't want to see. And I like Corbin. I do to a point, but I don't want him to be running NXT as champion. Dear God in heaven. I don't want it. That dude, that dude never won a title in NXT before about to come back and win the NXT title. Oh. Listen, I could I could see Baron Corbin beating Melo on TV and then uh, Melo beating Baron Corbin at SummerSlam or like a SummerSlam weekend PLE type thing. The Great American Bash. Yes. Yes. It's possible. You know, and you made a very valid point now because you can imagine Baron Corbin main eventing a PLE the great American bash for NXT and Mello getting his championship back. I mean, it happened for Dolph Ziggler. I guess it can happen for Baron Corbin too. I guess I have to tolerate it somehow, some way. God help me. We got two weeks though. I could be completely wrong. So you might not have anything to worry about. I hope you're wrong. I'm praying that you're wrong, but now that you said it and when the finish, we saw what happened on Tuesday, I now don't believe you're, wrong you could be right when we get a finish like that unless corbin beats this man up next week to balance the scales i'm scared that he could actually walk away as champion and run amok on nxt indefinitely i i think they did that so you could see the finish because i think he's going to hit a springboard and corbin's going to catch him in a end of days like that's the finish I'm seeing in my head when they did that. Cause I thought he was going to catch him with an end of days to show he's got a counter for the, for that, uh, for the springboard. We, we talked about it a few weeks ago. Like, why does this dude keep springboarding? Cause Braun mm-hmm. Breaker was just spearing him out there. That's, <laughs> that's what I think the finish is going to be. He's going to go for that springboard and Corbin's going to catch him with an end of days. If that happens, I will stand up. I would give Baron Corbin a standing ovation. I will kiss my television and I will accept for a month Baron Corbin as NXT champion because if he pulled off that finish, I would eat all of his Wagyu beef. No lie. Hey, with somebody like Carmelo, I think it's, I think it's possible, man. I listen, I, you know, I, I like Corbin. I got a lot of faith in him, and I think Carmelo Hayes would want to do. If he's gonna, if he's gonna lose, he needs to lose in a spectacular fashion. So why not go out with a bang like that? It's gotta be something to grab my eye, and this will be the only way I accept this, Scott. So you, you hear me on this show. I will only accept this outcome 
if we get that springboard into an end of days. If we get that, I will anoint Baron Corbin as champion. I will bow down. I will respect the outcome. I will root for him as champion. If that ending does not happen, we can just fuck this reign because I ain't going to give a shit. Period. <laughs> so if that man just low blows him and then hits an end of days, it's like, all right. We won't be we won't be talking about NXT until until the Great American Bash. I will skip all NXT discussion. I'll boycott. Like Scott can talk about it. I'll just sit back and relax. You can talk about it with our special guest co-host, and y'all can have y'all thirty minute NXT conversation. And I'll just sit here humming because I ain't gonna say shit if that does not happen. It has to happen that way. I will only care if it happens that way. Well, if that if it doesn't, and you do boycott the show, I am I'm absolutely going to have to steal uh, our, our friends at the the now named Mike and JD show, yes. one of our highest rated shows on the network. <laughs> I will have to steal their gimmick, their BFI gimmick, and uh, just recap the show. And that's talking NXT. So I'll just go over the results <laughs> and say that's talking NXT. Going to SmackDown, Keela, and that will be it. That's how we do a partnership on this show. Scott, you would do the heavy lifting. So in two weeks time, we'll come back here. We're going to reassess. If that outcome happens, I'm rocking with it. If not, Scott will be doing the NXT report all by himself with a special guest co-host if there is one that week. Because I ain't saying shit. <laughs> all right. Well, we have our arrangements. We're going to see what's going on. What you going to do, Corbin? How you going to act? Mm-hmm. How you going to act? Most importantly, how you going to finish? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> Where in this case, it's true. See? 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 Wink, wink. <laughs> it is true. How you going to finish? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So as I threaten to boycott on the show, am I being facetious? Maybe. We'll see about it, but let's talk about our final section of the show, which is Friday Night Smackdown on Fox. And it was a very exciting show in some ways. It was a culmination of a storyline three years in the making. It was something that we've been waiting for for a very long time. Let's marinate on that first, but let's have that baking and simmering in the oven. We'll get to it momentarily, but let's start with a gauntlet match. And this is very unique, Scott. So for the first time, we're not going to have people come out at intervals. We have, the, we have them at ringside sitting, waiting for their opportunity to be a part of this match as it was a brawling brutes, Seamus and Rich Holland wrapping their crew. We got Butch at ringside being a cheerleader and it's the Street Profits coming in first. And it was fine, but I was absolutely stunned that Angelo Dawkins ate a bro kick about three minutes in and Seamus wins. This was just completely underwhelming gauntlet match for me. Like this was, this felt like a, a Seamus showcase, like, which is completely unnecessary and unneeded right there. Uh, I thought the run that the Brutes made would have been a nice spot for LWO. I mm-hmm. thought that would have been a good way to establish them. I mean, they're one of your biggest merch sellers. So I just don't understand why, you don't want to get behind them, especially in a tag division that really could use some new fresh blood. And you, I mean, Sheamus and 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 uh, and Ridge could absolutely take a, a surprise loss and sell the shock. And you know, they could be the they could have been that first team out. 
as far as the people at ringside, I thought that was actually a really cool visual, seeing them all out there. You know they're all in waiting. I, I like that. I like the graphic they had. So I thought that was pretty cool. But I just – the match was just underwhelming. Like you talked about the Street Profits. That's the team you want to give three minutes to? Like that should be one of the final tests. Like that should be one of the hardest tests you have because they've been established as – I mean, honestly, after the New Day and the Usos, it's probably the Street Profits. When you're talking about tiers of tag teams in WWE, I know KO and Sammy are the tag champs and all that, but when we're talking about the hierarchy of teams, if we're not taking the champs into consideration, Street Profits are right there, right below New Day and the Usos. So it's like you take them out like that. What does that say about them with no storyline, like no reasoning, no fr- There wasn't like a camera shot of them showing this, fr- this mad frustration. It was just, they were out and they were gone. So I just felt like this whole thing was underwhelming. I remember a, a gauntlet match with Otis and Tucker. It was like 45 minutes and them boys put on a show and they went out there, they had the crowd invested and they, they got the, they became a, t- a, bigger deal as a team and got more over because of that and were able to utilize that gauntlet match. The Brutes didn't get anything out of this. And honestly, I don't think Pretty Deadly really gained too much out of this either. No, they didn't. It was a Seamus showcase. And I love Seamus. Don't get me wrong. But he has no business being in the tag team ranks at this point. He should be going after some singles gold. I know the Gunther is on another show right now. But yeah, he's above the tag team scene. He's been a multi-time tag team champion. I wasn't moved by his performance. He's always great, but mm, this was very mad to me. He basically mowed through the Prophets, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, Hit Row, and Michael Cole, perennial hater. <laughs> this was so fast that Seamus broke kicked top dollar, and Michael Cole had to add that dig. Oh, look, he pinned flop dollar. This uh, this is uh, this is about to be one of the biggest beefs of all time, following Caleb Braxton and Paul Heyman. Um, <laughs> this is uh, I don't know what Mike, I don't know what Top Dollar did to Michael Cole in the back. What like freestyle he walked into, or <laughs> like what insult that Top Dollar threw at him, like when he was maybe like having something to eat, and he just decided to like, like I don't know, but that man. Michael Cole be going at that man, and he be coming at his soul every week. Like, every week he comes out, he's like, yeah, top dollar coming. I mean, flop dollar coming out tonight. What we got tonight? What you going to do tonight? You going to fly? I hope you fly tonight. You going to take off tonight? Like, he's excited and wants to see him fail miserably. Like, there's a genuine disdain there. I, yeah, I, I don't get it. And I don't get why they were in the match. Why? Like, why? They, if you're not going to do anything with them, why even have them in the match? Why couldn't they be that first team that you just have Sheamus just randomly bro kick? Now, that makes sense for them to mow through them. That makes sense. But it, the whole thing just didn't make sense. It, you know, none of it made sense. We had such high hopes for Hit Row when they returned to WWE last year, and it's been such a disappointment and I hate to see it because I do see something there but man it's been rough and when he didn't go over those ropes with that dive right before Christmas last year that pretty much ended hit row as we knew it 
Yeah, it's been the end of it. And I, the thing is, I think you can do something with them as a lower card heel act. Like I'm, I'm not saying they need to be winning matches, but you can have them win some squash matches. You know, like why, why can't teams like like a Hit Row or teams like a like a LWO like why can't they just go out there and beat a a local team? Why can't they just go out there and dominate a local team on SmackDown some weeks? Give them five minutes of just total time. Entrance time, they go out there, they go and crush this team, hit a couple moves, and go home. Why Why can't that happen now? Why is is it like nobody does that? Like I, I just feel like that is a way to give a team a win, to get over a finisher, and that way you're like, all right, they're not just beating nobodies. Let them beat the local teams and let just let the audience see them winning matches. You don't have to have them beating anybody on your roster, but you can absolutely bring some local talent in and just have them run through them. You got all them people that be on it level up and that stuff. Use them. I just I just think there are ways you can utilize everybody in the division to their potential. And I think there is something you can do with Hit Row and you can use them as a lower mid-card team, but just have them win some matches, man. Have teams win matches. Give them credibility. It's so important. And they don't have any credibility right now, which is really a shame. They can all talk. They can work. I know you have some smoke for Ashanti, the Adonis. I know that you do. <laughs> you you think he's just a hype man and you ain't wrong because he can't rap. That ain't that ain't a lie. Listen, Keela, I'm, I'm still waiting on you. Here. I'm still waiting on you to tell me what he bring it to the table. <laughs> he can fly. He can fly better than Flop Dollar. I ain't seen him fly. He listen. He ain't had the chance to fly. <laughs> listen, and that's the other thing. Like, I didn't see like three hit row matches, and only one person be in the whole match. They don't make no tags. Like, no. How do you tag team? And I ain't never seen them make a tag. They just a team that don't tag. Listen, one man is combing his beard, and that's the extent of the tag. There's I don't nothing even nothing else. I don't even know why Ashanti takes his sunglasses off. I don't know either. It's just like he's not going to do anything meaningful. I hate that for him because he gets red. But like it's the booking at this point. It's how the matches are laid out. And I feel for the entire crew. I feel for B-Fab, who is charismatic as hell. But like she can't show it. She doesn't have time to show it. It's very disappointing. Yeah, then that's that's what a squash match could do. She could just be talking smack while the boys in there just mowing through people. And let me tell you, I know top. I know we're spending way too much time with Hit Row. I know Top Dollar is not everybody's favorite person. He's a great trash talker. Like when he used to talk smack to them when he when they were squashing teams, it was great. Like just let him do that. Yeah, he is charismatic. He can talk and he slimmed down a lot. So if he wants to take a dive, he can probably clear those ropes now and be very impressive. So what? That's 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 <laughs> enough. That's that, that's enough. Wait, All right. okay, Michael Cole. You, that's a bridge too far, Keela. Yeah. Don't suggest he can fly over the ropes. That's not he can yeah. now. He's lost 50 pounds, Scott. He can he can fly over the ropes. No, absolutely! Shout out to him for for the weight loss. I think he looks great. We don't need to don't hype, don't gas that man up like that. Let that I man want stay. to Let that because Michael's going to read him. Okay, flop dollar becomes a dollar twenty five dollar. Look at that. 
that the next dive he does, he's going to make sure it's it's near the announce table so he can do a flip, try to land on his feet, and he's probably going to look right at Michael Corn. He might smack him. He might. <laughs> he legit <laughs> might smack him. Michael, I won't feel for you because you have no protection. Pat McAfee would not defend you. He's not there. Wade Barrett don't give a shit. He'll laugh at your misery. So, yeah, Wade this Barrett ain't going anywhere. Laugh at him. <laughs> he will. As you get Michael talking shit, see, see what see what happens to you when you talk shit and knock the fuck out. See, mm-hmm. Wade would just sit back and he'll have his hammer. I'm afraid I got some bad news for you, Michael. Flop, bo- flop, dollar strikes back. Let me tell you something. If Top Dollar did a flip outside and smack Michael Cole and Wade Barrett just started smacking his gavelin on the announced desk and said, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. And then they went to a commercial break while Michael Cole is just laid out on the crowd. I think that would be the greatest gif of all time. We need this to happen. So WWE, give that to us before the year is over because that would be a moment and it would all make perfect sense because Michael has been talking a lot of junk for the last few months and at some point, Top Dollar going to smack him in the face and I cannot wait if he ever does a dive from the outside. And we have spent a lot of time talking about Hit Row. Way too much time on Hit Row. We've given them more airtime they've actually gotten on WWE television this year. And I, I don't know how I feel about that, but let's talk about who actually won the damn gauntlet match. It was pretty deadly. They were the last one in against Sheamus and, and Rich Holland, and it was good. It was all right. But I do like the fact that WWE with their NXT call-ups are making concerted effort to, I don't know, push them and make them feel like viable stars in the main roster. I love that for Elton Prince and Kit Wilson, and they kind of won fair and square by beating Sheamus. Did they beat Sheamus? I believe. Did they beat Sheamus or Rich Holland? I'm kind of confused. It was Ridge. It was Ridge because they yeah. did the um, leg drop. No, um, yeah, Elton did the leg drop on Rich Holland and got the win for his team. It was a very clean victory by pretty deadly standards. And it was a fine match. I did laugh when I got on the microphone and they claimed they ran the gauntlet. Like, dudes, you were in there last. And then we had Sammy and KO confront them on the main stage. I love their back and forth. And I do love Kevin's character because for once he was trying to stay calm and Sammy was trying to keep a straight face. And he's like, Kevin? Are you okay? Are you really calm tonight? And then Kevin eventually loses it. He wants to go for a fight. They run down to the ring and pretty deadly and pretty deadly scurries from the scene. So in two weeks, it will be pretty deadly versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the undisputed tag team titles taped from the O2 Arena in London, England. And that could be a very interesting atmosphere because pretty deadly are from the UK and they could get cheered, Scott. It's a very good possibility. Nah, not against Sammy and KO. <laughs> I think I think anybody else, you're probably right. But Sammy and KO is a tough bunch to get cheered against. Um, you know, and again, this goes back to not really having a plan or planning out the layout. Street Profits, one of your one of the best tag teams you have. You've established them as one of the greatest teams. Why wouldn't you have? let's say just an LWO run the gauntlet, you know, they win three or four matches, beat the brawling brutes, you know, get a big win there. They've, you know, they're tired. They're exhausted. Then the street profits are next. 
The Street Profits can beat them, but they've the LW have already gotten some by beating three other teams. So now essentially you can have the Street Profits versus Pretty Deadly, and they can have a fair one-on-one match, a nice big-time match. I know you want to get the heels over, get the heel heat. You know, they snuck it out so they can say they ran the gauntlet. I know. But what are they getting out of that? Like You're not showcasing. That's To me, that's not a showcase because, again, Sheamus, who just ran through, ran through everybody, dominated, can't even take the pin right. You can't even take the pin, my boy, right there. You just you just ran through tons of people, you know. But that's that's me being nitpicky. I get Ridge is there. He's right there. I get it. I probably would be saying that, but it's just I, I feel like there were ways to do this differently. I think Pretty Deadly needs a, a big time victory, and I don't know if this was that because they're not beating the tag champs. At least I don't think. I don't think so either. I'll be shocked if they do. I doubt it. It's not going to happen. should be a very fun and competitive match. And I expect some great chemistry between KO and Sammy versus Pretty Deadly Live to tape from the O2 Arena in London, England. And Scott has a bold prediction they will not be cheered against the Babyface team. I expect maybe a mixed reaction. We'll see about it. But it will not be a boring match. It'll be very entertaining. Pretty Deadly's biggest match to date on the main roster. And the booking for them has been strong since their call-up about a month ago. Yeah, you bring up another good point. I think they've... Well, and this is absolutely the Triple H effect. Um, they've done a much better job with NXT call-ups and just making sure well, some NXT call-ups and making sure they stay relevant. We'll get to one later on that also put me in a pretty bad mood, um, and we'll, we'll get to that later. But, yeah, they've done a good job with Pretty Deadly. And, I I mean, they're – and we've both talked about it. Literally everyone has talked about it. I haven't seen anyone say anything negative about them, but they've got something special with them as an anchor of a tag division. So I don't think they'll win, but I would not be opposed or surprised if they did win. I mean, that's, they, that's a, that could, you would give them a big moment um, winning that at money in the bank. And I, or not at money in the bank, but on SmackDown. And I think it'd be a big match. Is it on SmackDown or at money in the bank? It is going to be on, it's going to be on SmackDown the night okay. before. Yeah. See that, yeah, they probably won't win on a SmackDown, but that would be a moment. So but they're giving them that spot, though, just says a lot about what they think about Pretty Deadly, and I'm glad they do. Me too. Absolutely. I do enjoy them as a tag team very, very much. It'll be very fun in London in a week's time. As we move on to an entering segment, it's the Grayson Waller effect with Grayson Waller and his special guest, Charlotte Flair and... um. You know, I don't want to go fashion police on this show, but I have to. Respectfully speaking, and this is someone who loves Charlotte Flair, and I have enjoyed a lot of her photo shoots as of late, love the fashion sense, but this particular fashion choice, I do have to ask, what the hell was she wearing? You know, I, I'm full on dad mode when I'm dressed, so I'm, I have no room to talk, but... I don't know. Look like something you would see on an art picture. You know, one of those, like, you got to figure out what you're seeing with those, you know, like in the TV shows where they're just standing there in the art gallery and they're holding a glass of wine. Like, what do you see there? Oh, and they say something absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I see it. I see it. You know, they're like, I'll buy it. $10,000. That, that's what Charlotte Flair looked like. So what you're saying is she looked like a walking Monet being auctioned off for ten thousand dollars ten thousand may be a bit steep but essentially yes okay she's walking art 
It's, yes. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Bob Ross would be proud. <laughs> she looked like a tall, pretty tree. She did. Nah, she has too much. She has too much negative energy for Bob Ross. <laughs> he, he, I mean, like I, I like Charlotte. I, but you can't tell me she don't have some negative. Like she gave off some negative vibes. Like you know, like you know what I'm saying. Like that. That's not that. Bob Ross is chill. You know, laid back. I could see Riddle chilling with Bob Ross. Oh, that's sure. more. That's more of a Bob Ross type. Um, if we go female, if we go with a, a a women's wrestler, hmm, who's more of a Bob Ross type? I would probably have to go with man. Everybody's got a lot of a uh, lot a lot of energy behind them, or or either that or real negative vibes. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who's got a real Bob Ross, but it ain't Charlotte. She's just just, just negative. Roxanne juju. Perez. Yeah. Roxanne. A very happy tree. Wendy Chu. Yes. Happy Wendy energy. Wendy Chu. Yes. Yes. I cannot believe we're comparing energies to inspire Bob Ross from the grave. <laughs> to say, wow, this would be some great inspiration to keep me mellow because it will not be Charlotte Flair. You tried it on this night, sir. But she comes out looking like a very tall tree on a canvas. <laughs> she did. She did. Not gonna lie. And she came out there and she sat down and she was getting ready to talk some shit. And thankfully, and, and thankfully Bianca Belair came out and she had her cat suit on. Like she's also going figure skating this week. So in the battle of the cat suits, Bianca Belair wins. And Bianca Belair has tried her best to be nice, tried her best to be understanding about, hey, I lost Asuka at Night of Champions. She cheated. I am owed a rematch. Adam Pierce promised me a rematch. Charlotte Flair says that she is the line. The line begins with her and it ends with her. And she jumped over me to get this title shot against Asuka in a week's time on SmackDown. So what's really going on? How things really work around here? Because I'm doing everything by the book. And somehow, some way, you jump over me to get a title shot. And Charlotte Flair does not apologize. She says, I am who I am. I'm a 14-time women's champion. It just happens that way. There's no backstage politics. It just was meant to be. And you have to wait, Bianca Belair. Oopsies. And besides, you know, who are you without a title? I know who I am without a title. Who are you without a title? And Bianca Belair lets it be known to listen, Charlotte Flair. Listen, okay? You ran away after Rhea Ripley beat you for that championship. At WrestleMania, I didn't run away after Oscar beat me. I showed up wanting a rematch. And let it be known, I am the longest reigning women's champion of the modern era. So put some respect on my name. And so whenever this match between you and Oscar takes place, whoever the winner is going to be, I'll be right there standing face to face with the winner saying, I got next. I'm calling my shot and I'm taking back my championship. She drops the microphone and Charlotte Flair, the tall tree, stands there shooketh by what Bianca Belair had to say. And I thought Bianca absolutely smoked this segment. I thought she was exceptional. And Charlotte Flair had no answers for anything that Bianca Belair had to say. Because she said, listen, I, I broke the record and I didn't have to lose the title 14 times to do it. Yeah, it was, uh, this, was, this was probably the most confident and as my, you know, as we like to say, what my Cole say, with your whole chest, 
this is her really talking with her whole chest. I think she really meant what she was saying as far as, yo, you, you're not just going to talk down to me like you do everybody else. Like, I, like your whole game is you like to talk down on people because of your accomplishments. And that's why she made sure to say, like, we can talk about the past and, my, and our accomplishments. And she made sure to let her know, I'm the longest of the modern. And you heard the crowd. Mm-hmm. You heard the crowd and Charlotte acknowledged the crowd. Like that crowd was absolutely like, yeah, Bianca, you, you are that, you are that queen. You want to talk about somebody who can go to Wakanda whenever she wants, got her car. <laughs> That's somebody who can go to Wakanda whenever she wants. Okay. She got her card. That's now Bianca is somebody that, Charlotte is not going to be no baby face. She better not try to be no baby face with Bianca Belair. Like I know that some of the crowds are turning on her, but Charlotte ain't Oscar. Charlotte don't have that, that affection with the crowd that Oscar do, you know, that, that connection. So I think, I think this whole thing was great for Bianca, especially the fact that she was able to leave Charlotte without getting the last word. I thought that was so important for Bianca as a character and hope I'm really hoping that somehow Bianca causes the loss or something and Oscar keeps that title because this match is big enough where it doesn't need the title. Like SummerSlam can have four or five women's matches and a couple of them aren't going to have the title. Like we can have Becky Lynch versus somebody for the title. We can have Rhea Ripley versus somebody for the title. We can have Bianca versus Charlotte for the title. We can have EO Sky versus Bailey for without the title. You know, like we can have uh, Oscar versus somebody like there's multiple opportunities for women's a tag title match. Like you need like you don't that doesn't need the title. So I'm hoping this stays without the title, you know, because this is a big this is a big match. I, I, I think this is a big match for Bianca. She and she always steps up to the plate. We seen what Charlotte Flair just did with Rhea at WrestleMania. We could potentially you know how you set that bar for Logan and Seth. I would be if whenever this match happens, I'm already setting that bar at five. Ooh, that is a very high bar, and you might not be wrong because it could be a classic, and it does not need to be for the championship. You're right about that as well. Yeah, I, I, I just think these. This is a match that we've been waiting for. She's the last horseman that Bianca needs to knock off uh, to 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 finish her belt. So. I'm here for it. I think this would be a great notch in Bianca's belt as she I'm assuming the 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 plan is to get to Rhea versus Bianca next year at WrestleMania. And I think this would be a good way to get there. I I already I knocked off Charlotte. I saw you do that. I just did that too. But uh yeah, and I just one other thing since we're on this segment. Grayson Waller. He he's literally just a SmackDown Miz. Like he's literally just the SmackDown Miss. He just hosts shows and doesn't even get to wrestle. He doesn't. That's the easiest check. But let me tell you something. When that segment was over, I was living for his face because he was cracking up. Like he was like, Charlotte, girl, <laughs> you got dragged. And I loved his energy. I don't know why. He was like, mm, you ain't got no answers. Next. <laughs> No, nah, I, 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 he, he's a good host. I thought he did a good job hosting. Don't, don't get me wrong, but it's like, I ain't seen that man get in the ring since he got kicked out of NXT. 
That is true. He has not done a single thing. He might be hurt legit, though. Okay. Because remember fair. that match against Melo? I think he might be legit injured still. All right, it's well, possible. If that's the case, that's fair. Because he is a good host. He did do a good job with Charlotte. And, uh, yeah, the facials, he's got great facials. And he don't be trying to hide them either. Mm-mm. He was, like, cheesing in the background. Like, yeah, she told you. Like, he just had that face of the best shit-eating grin, and he sold it. He didn't have to say anything, basically, for that entire segment. He just sat back in the cut and let Bianca Belair cook Charlotte. And I was like, you go, boy. You do the bare minimum, and you get your check. And they set up your set like that, and you don't even talk for half your own segment. <laughs> Give me that job. Nah, you're right. And there's no hate for me, because he is, he is getting a nice check for that. Mm-hmm. It's easy. Living if you can get it. No lies about that. But now it's time to talk about the moment. The moment of the year so far in WWE. It is the main event angle. It is Jey Uso's choice. But let me get to something, Scott, that was absolutely, positively egregious. So a couple of weeks ago, we celebrate 1,000 days of Roman Reigns as undisputed WWE Universal Champion. To commemorate this occasion, Triple H is going to award Roman Reigns with a brand new undisputed WWE Championship belt that I read on this show. Dare I say they might have changed this belt in the last couple of weeks and they gave that man a prototype belt. It looks better. It doesn't look as hideous. So you're thinking to yourself, okay, he's got a brand new belt. Let's retire the other two and be done with the right. Oh, no. We cut backstage on Friday Night Smackdown. Roman Reigns is so extra. He says, no, 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 no. I'm not one belt Roman. I'm not two belt Roman. I'm three belt Roman Reigns. These belts will go with me wherever I go. And Paul Heyman still has to carry these other championship belts. They're not going in the closet. They're not going in the vault. They're staying in the bloodline. And I love Roman's ass for being so damn extra. That's great. What what else would you expect someone as egotistical as as this man who calls himself the literal tribal chief and the head of a head of the table? Like he's he goes to towns and tells people to acknowledge him. I'm not surprised at all that he's like, yeah, I know you gave me this new belt, but you didn't ask for these other two, so I'll just keep carrying the Paul will keep carrying these around. I laughed my ass off when I saw those belts backstage. Like, Roman, you did not say I won't keep these two egregious, but I love it. So throughout the night, we have Paul Hammer running around backstage trying to talk to Jay. Have you made up your mind yet? And Jay says, oh, you wait and see about it. But whatever I decide to do, if I stay, you're out, right? You know that, right? And Paul's worried and scared. And then Paul gives Roman some bad news. And Paul runs away and Solo's standing there stoically. And he wants to know what he needs to do. And Roman tells him to stand down for now. And before Jay makes his decision, it's Sami Zayn backstage sitting on the dock of the bay. And he's like watching Jay nodding like, you know what you got to do. You know, you're going to make the right decision for yourself. So that leads to our main event angle of Roman Reigns telling the people to acknowledge him. And Jay comes out there for this moment. And Roman says, this is about your brother. He's holding you back. But let me tell you something. I know you want some demands being the future tribal chief and you want to get rid of the wise man, but he's not your wise man. He's my wise man. I picked him and he rose with me. 
And until the day comes when you are the tribal chief, you can pick your own wise man. Until that day comes, Paul Heyman stays and Paul is cheesing in the background, very happy about this development. But Roman goes back to saying, this really boils down to your brother who doesn't have your best interests at heart, who never supports you, who doesn't really consider you the real right-hand man. He undervalued, he undervalues you, Jay. And that leads to Jimmy coming out to no music and he's like you're gonna listen to this garbage from our cousin he's the one holding you back he's the one lying to you he's the one using you you need to open your eyes and see what's really going on here because roman is not about that business it's not about you being the tribal chief it's a way to control you like he controlled me like he's controlling us and then roman decides to drop some bars on Jimmy saying he's the anchor holding you down. I'm the wings raising you up. Well, he's trying to keep you down. I'm the one that positioned you as a right hand one as a right hand man. I'm the one that puts you in the main event spot. I'm the one that had you main event in WrestleMania after 10 years of being in this company. I'm the one that's made that happen for you, not him. And he was the one that didn't think that you could possibly be the right hand man. And Roman and Paul shared a look and Paul co-signed on it. And Jay turned to Jimmy and asked him, is this true? And Jimmy was very shook by this revelation and noting that, yeah, it's true. And Jay couldn't believe it. He's like, I'd, ex- I'd expect this from him, but not from you, not my blood brother, not my twin, you know, but it's not surprising because our entire lives, it was about you being better than me. You were the captain of the football team. You were the prom king. You were the one most likely to succeed. Joshua this, Joshua that. And I was the one in the background, but there was a blessing in disguise because when you got hurt, I stepped up. I became the right-hand man. I became main event. So I main evented PLEs, pay-per-views, WrestleManias. I did that without you. And I did that because of him. And with that being said, he told his brother, Jimmy, that you're out. And the fans are like, oh, shit. And then here comes the twist. And I'm out, too. And he super kicks Roman. And the fans erupt. This pop is incredible. And Paul Heyman is discombobulating. He's sliding out the ring, crying, taking the belts with him, by the way. Solo stun. Jimmy and Jay super kick solo. Michael Cole is going ham on commentary as the bloodline crumbles. Roman empires falls. And then Roman is just shook at this revelation that, wow, Jay picked his brother over me. He's apoplectic. He's just beating the mat with his hands. He's furious. And then they come through with the double super kick to knock out Roman. And Roman's cell job of this was incredible, laying out like a chalk outline on Law and Order as the Usos stand tall to wrap up the show. This was outstanding television. One of the best closing angles you will ever see on WWE programming, this storyline, three years in the making, layer on top of layer on top of layer. And we've had many chapters this year alone Sami Zayn pulling the trigger first, Jimmy pulling the trigger last month at Night of Champions, and on SmackDown this past Friday, Jay finally being free from his cousin, finally being his own right-hand man by eliminating the problem, which is his cousin, which will lead to a bloodline civil war at Money in the Bank. It will be the Usos, Jimmy and Jay against the undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. Saw the poster on social media. I loved it. 
and this will be the main event, I presume, for Money in the Bank. Scott, your thoughts on this closing angle to Friday Night SmackDown? Uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, I heard your Otis Redding line. Uh, love that guy. <laughs> I think uh, Roman was probably hoping that they would try a little tenderness, but I uh, don't think that happened either. <laughs> Listen, um, the angle was fantastic. I think I, I appreciate Sammy still being included, still being a part of the story, uh, still being the, the little angel on the shoulder. I appreciate Jay Uso. Uh, still putting his name in the hat for an Emmy. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, let's let's not, let's not act like wrestling is not a TV show. It is a TV it is. show. It should absolutely put that man up for an Emmy. Somebody give that man a chance at an Emmy. Put him up for the award because he's doing some fantastic work. Because I'm gonna tell you, <clears throat> excuse me, when he said, you know, you out because that whole build up to that, he sold me because he was like, yo. I did so many things on my own that I always thought that you were supposed to do. You were the prom king. You were the most likely to be successful. Like, that's all you. But the tribal chief showed me that's me. He showed me I can do all that. I got to do all that because of him. And you can see it in Jimmy's face like, damn, bro. This how you've been feeling? Like, you know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, he ain't coming with me. And then he said, yo, I, you know you out. And it's like, damn. And he, when he said, and I'm out too, and you could hear it in his voice. And he <laughs> laid that kick into him. And solo solo's like, yo, wh- what? Like this, this is, this has been years in the making. Um, what a moment, what a kick, the double super kick that Roman took at the end from both the Usos. Like, you know, we talk about the storyline and, and it being the best in wrestling. And I know sometimes people just think that we're, you know, we're just saying that or, or, or WWE fans are just saying that wrestling fans are just saying that. But look at what it's done, though. Not only has Roman Reigns become arguably, I don't even really think it's arguably the biggest name in wrestling. The Usos, like they are a legit main event act. They are one of the biggest names in WWE and let's not let's not forget what it's this has done for Solo Sokoa and how this has really jump started him. Whenever this breaks off and he goes on his own or Paul Heyman takes him and he becomes a Heyman guy that way, he's a made man. He's good to go as long as they don't do anything stupid. So this entire angle has been fantastic. Each chapter has built up. This had to have closed an inning. So I'm. We have to be. That had to have closed the fifth inning. I'm. I'm assuming <laughs> we are in the sixth inning, the beginning at that Money in the Bank or next week. So I'm just assuming based on what, what Roman was saying. I got you know. So sometimes you have long innings, and sometimes you have those quick one two threes. I think we've been in a couple of those one two threes. That had to be the end of the fifth. But uh, yeah, fantastic angle. I, I, I can't imagine Roman and Solo losing twice. So I, I I think Roman and Solo in, end up winning that match. It's very possible. And yeah, we are definitely top of the sixth inning now. It's a doubleheader and <laughs> the game is ongoing. This is the longest game we've ever been a part of, but I love it. And this is truly one of WWE's greatest storylines 
in history. It is on par with Austin versus McMahon from the 90s, the height of the Attitude Era. This is on par with Batista's run towards the heavyweight championship way back when at WrestleMania 21. This storyline from beginning to where we are right now has been perfection. And I know there have been moments of fans being tired of the run. Can we have somebody beat Roman? I felt that way at WrestleMania with Cody. I'm not going to sit here and lie, but it's WWE and they know what they're doing. This is their money. This is the bread and butter. And a lot of us thought, well, this should culminate in Jay turning on his cousin. Maybe he is the one to dethrone Roman Reigns. I don't know, but it could be that moment that we've been waiting for. And yes, of course, we want that for Cody one day too. But the bloodline has been the most compelling storyline in WWE for nearly three years, every twi- every twist and turn has been outstanding. Edge of your seat drama. And the fans are captivated. They watch in droves. The viewership bumps up for bloodline drama. WWE is a hot ticket selling out buildings on Fridays, especially as of late. And I just think that this entire storyline will go down as one of the greatest that WWE has ever done. And I will give the old man his just due. He's no, he's no longer there day to day, but he laid the foundation for this and has been absolutely brilliant. And this will facilitate a Roman Reigns babyface run very, very soon that the fans do kind of want, and he'll be great at it. This has been built up beautifully. Now the paranoia really begins for Roman as to what's next for him as he tries to hold on to a power he has left with his three belts. I saw something I thought was really interesting. Um, you know, they this whole thing, Roman Reigns is, they want him to be the ultimate baby face. Their end game is for him to be the huge baby face, the biggest baby face in the game. Um, and what's interesting about this story is everyone has turned on Roman. Roman hasn't betrayed anybody, but everyone is betraying Roman Reigns. Whether it's, you know, for their best interests or not, you know, it's it's a it's a different dynamic where normally it's the you know, the heel that's always doing the betraying, always doing the backstabbing when really he's the one who's getting backstabbed. He's the one who's being infiltrated. Like Sami Zayn, he turned on him. Jay Jimmy Uso turned on Roman Reigns. Jey Uso turned on Roman Reigns. Like it's an interesting dynamic and it's absolutely something that they're going to be able to, when the story calls for it, use as, you know, cause he's going to have to come back and apologize and probably come back. Like, yo, I, 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 you know, my bad. Like, and it's going to have to be a serious thing and him being turned on and getting to that rock bottom is going to play a huge part in that. So I just thought that's a very interesting dynamic of, everyone betraying the heel in this situation and turning babyface and them being able to turn babyface against him when the end goal is obviously to turn him into the ultimate babyface. Absolutely. It's genius in a lot of ways as well. And we have to shout out one pastor, Cody Rhodes, because he did foresee all of this with that promo right before WrestleMania saying, when Jay leaves you, so will Jimmy. And when Jimmy leaves you, so was solo. And when that happens, you will be a you will be a tribal chief without a tribe. You will be the head of the table, but nobody's there. And there'll be no more reigns for you, Roman. And despite the latter not happening, everything Cody has said has come true 
accept solo leaving yet. Yeah, I think Solo leaves right after Roman loses that title. I think Solo and Paul Heyman pack their bags, and that's when Roman is uh, – I think Cody's the one who facilitates the final part of that prophecy, as it should be. Yes, absolutely. So all of this outstanding work. And Jey Uso, as you said, get this man an Emmy nomination. This man has delivered on every level. What a performance he delivered. Tour de force amazing this is our succession damn it for wwe it's drama it's soapy i enjoy it and it was a highlight one of the best angles you will ever see to end a wwe show and to see the bloodline give us three unforgettable moments in the last six months kudos best storyline in wrestling today one of the best dare i say in professional wrestling history yeah and uh According to them, we got a long ways to go. So looking forward to about 2026 when this thing wraps up. Oh, Scott, shush. Shush. Roman will be working on catching Pedro. Oh, my God. Um, I will be a certain number by then, and I'm not going to say it on the air. Uh Uh-uh. This will not end when I turn forty. Uh, I won't be I won't be forty yet, but I will be over the hump. So uh yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. I will not be forty when this angle is over, I swear to God. I can't. You hope. Don't, don't I hope you, you have no idea when this don't say that because you have no idea when this is over. Because when Roman hit when Roman Hit everybody with that third anything. People are like, wait a minute. Hold on now. Hold on now. This thing's been going on for three years, buddy. We're not doing a year a year and inning, are we? Oh, my God. We must be playing Little League. Oh, that seven inning stuff. I love Roman. I can't do this in another three years. <laughs> to be fair, nobody thought we could do this for three years so far. That is true. But three more, what else can we possibly tell here? Listen, if he, the only thing that they could do to really like, and they'll never do it, is just start bringing in guys from random one shots. Just yeah. random dudes from different companies and just start bringing them in. And then that one WrestleMania, you just got to pay John Moxley like $20 million. <laughs> <laughs> pay, pay Moxley $20 million. Pay Kenny twenty five, do something. Hey, for unique. real, for real though, that would probably be the highest selling WWE PLE. You could probably do it on pay per view at that point. You, yeah, you can put that back on like cable and satellite. That would really push stuff along. I truly believe that as well. It could be on streaming too. Could be on ESPN Plus when the Peacock deal runs out in 2026. But yeah. Well, won't I be on am... Disney Plus because Moxley's probably going to bleed when Roman like, you know, flicks his fingernail <laughs> at him or something. But that's a whole other subject. Bob Iger would not have Moxley on Disney Plus. I can assure you of that. It ain't happening. Moxley would intentionally walk out with a cigarette in his mouth and a bottle of whiskey <laughs> flicking the crowd off. Well, listen, you saw the, did you see the hoodie he had on for Dynamite on Wednesday? I did not. Zero fucks. And it wasn't blurred. Oh, you can do that now? I was shocked. Like, they did not blur zero fucks off his hoodie. 
So if he was on Disney Plus, he'd probably get away with it. Nah, they blurring that. They put <laughs> if they they put WWE on a five second delay. <laughs> I was shocked. Like he really got away with that on national television. It was now blurred out. That's wild. It was insane. So yeah, so Scott's trying to say three more years. I, I I can't, but he's right. We went through the first three, and it's been great. But I, unless you're hiring people for Forbidden Door 5, where every promotion walks through the door, then we'll see about it. So just give me Moxley, give me Danielson, give me MGF, give me Omega, and we're good. We're set. Why not? Why not? And with that, it's now time to pick our best match we saw from WWE this week across Monday Night Raw, NXT, maybe NXT Level Up, perhaps Main Event and or Friday Night Smackdown on Fox. So, Scott, your pick for the best match you saw from WWE television this week. No question. It was Axiom and Scripps versus Daba Kato. <laughs> what? In a handicap match. <laughs> You are lying your ass off. Yo. That just came to my mind. I forgot that match actually happened. But yeah, that happened. Way to put over your tag team. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so the best match was probably the Imperium versus KO and Sammy match. But I do want to give a shout out to that six man on NXT. I know we we, we ran through that show, but that was a really good six man. So I I would give that match a a look just because... Wesley deserves love. Give that man some love. Show that man some love. So that six man will be my pick. You know what? I am going to agree and say the six man from NXT, despite how we read that show. That was really a great match. Everybody showed up and showed out. And Wesley, he is going to be a star on the main roster. And he is, by all accounts, the greatest North American champion in history. The most successful title defenses, the most wins. And I love that for him. And his single run and the singles run has been exceptional for him in the last year. So wherever he goes outside the PC, he is simply over as a star. And I hope that translates very soon in the main roster because I think he's about to reach his limit on NXT. But this guy always steps up in the ring and delivers something incredible. So he still got some time left here, but I want him to get called up ASAP as well. Nah, let him cook down in NXT for a little bit because they ain't got no plans for him. Hey, Triple H is there. I have hope. All right. I I don't, but I I, I mean, he he, he won't be treating the brothers that well. You know what I'm saying? He he do the sisters good, but he don't be doing the brothers that well. Ricochet is trying. Ricochet been lost since Braun Strowman been gone. Oh man, my dog Braun, the trip, the the neck fusion surgery. Oh, that hurts me a little bit. Shout out to Braun. Yeah, I, I miss him. I can't believe I'm saying it, but I do miss him. He was on a run. Hope he heals up very soon. And I did enjoy the tag team with Ricochet and Braun, which is a part of punishment when he talked about the Flippy Flip guys. And look what happened. They actually produced great magic together as a tag team. And I do wish he recovered very soon because he was on the run. He really proved that, hey, I was one of the best big guys here in WWE and you can't tell me shit. And he was right. (laughs) What do you want me to say to that? <laughs> I mean, am I lying or am nah, I lying? You're not lying. You ain't lying. He proved me wrong, and I was like, mm. but I, I begrudgingly respect him. No he put in the work, got that check, and he was doing it. I can't lie. 
And on that note, this wraps up another episode of The Wrap right here on the Fight Game Media Network. We survived the show. We revealed what made Scott very salty on NXT, which is a victory for all of us because he was holding back, trying to deflect, trying to lie his way out of it. But I knew something really got under his skin. So I'm very glad he took the time to relieve himself right here on The Wrap. Thank you so much, Salty, for joining us today as you unleashed on NXT Gold Rush. Oh, thank you, Keela, for having me. As always, it's a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE. Um, I guess next week we'll be doing our our no, that'd be that's in two weeks. Oh yeah, so we'll be back next. Yeah, we'll be back next week. We'll be reviewing all these shows. So hopefully, uh, hopefully they give us something to talk about. But I can't, certainly can't wait to talk about Gold Rush. <laughs> Scott's ready to talk about Goat Rush Part 1. I cannot wait. It's going to be something. We're looking forward to it. He's already has his ammo ready to go, and the show hasn't even aired yet. So that shows what faith he has in the show, which could be good because Seth is going to be there, and I expect great things with him and Breaker. But we'll cover it right here on the Fight Game Media Network next Monday morning as we are on that road to Money in the Bank. One more week to go until the show going down live from the O2 Arena in London, England. So until next week, enjoy the week to come for all things WWE. For myself, for Salty Scott Young, that's a wrap on all things WWE. Take care and bye-bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.